afternoon and good evening, everybody. It is Friday, and this is episode 166 of the Young Lions Perspective. Hope everyone is having a great Friday so far. It is the weekend, and I can think of a better way to kick off my weekend than besides, you know, pretty much getting off work, not having to work the weekend, and getting able, being able, I should say, to sit back and record this episode for you guys. Just always a good thing to kick off the weekend in proper fashion. Now, I did say in yesterday's episode, in episode 165, and if you haven't checked that out, this episode out just yet, please do not hesitate to check that episode out before you listen to this one, or if you want to go back later on and check out that episode, I would greatly appreciate y'all for all of that. But one thing I didn't say on yesterday's episode in the closing segment that I wanted to do was talk about the full recap of WWE's 2019 fourth quarter earnings conference call. This is a, this was a big headline um, going down this week, especially uh, with uh, WWE stock taking a major hit after finding. After of course we speak up, spoke about it on Monday on the news of the weekend. I would definitely encourage you to go check out episode as out as well, episode 164 that went down this past Monday with the news of the weekend, where we discussed that WWE lost one billion dollars. I'm going to say it again, $1 billion in market share value. And I may not know the stock market at all. Probably wouldn't know what to say in my life. Gun to my head, I couldn't tell you anything about what stocks to buy or whatever. But if there's one thing you should buy, buy McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> because my buddy would enjoy the beautiful, delicious dividends. That being said, though. Let's get into this fourth quarter earnings conference call, and uh, we'll just discuss it, and I'll try to give my thoughts as best as I possibly can on the conference call as well. So let's get into it. From WrestlingNews.co, full recap of WWE's 2019 fourth quarter earnings conference call from by Andrew Ravens. Uh, this was actually published yesterday. WWE held its 2019 fourth quarter earnings conference call on Thursday. That featured WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon, SVP of Financial Planning and Investor Relations Michael Weiss, and acting WWE CFO Frank A. Riddick III. Here are the highlights. The conference call opens with a welcome to everyone on the call. Vince stated about the management transition that alludes to George Barrios and Michelle Wilson's exit. Announced a management transition that did not reflect a change in strategy. The decision was based on different views on execution in areas of focus. McMahon praised them for their work, but noted that WWE wouldn't miss a beat without them. He added that they would have an evaluation of strategic alternatives to consumer products. We are changing the WWE culture to be more collaborative and inclusive. Vincent of WWE Network Strategic Alternatives, that which could be implemented, quite frankly, in the next quarter. He added that he's more confident than ever about their future. Riddick ran through the media content and brought up their strategy with SmackDown on Fox, Raw and NXT on New USA Network. WWE predicts an increase to 1.47 million WWE Network subs for Q1 2020, that being January, actually February, March, and April. For those of you who don't know, um, quarters usually in retail or in sales for that matter. Um, Q1 is basically February through April. Q2 is uh, May through July, so on and so forth until we get to the end of the year with November, December, and January. Now, see here, Vince 
you see where we're at. And here, Riddick ran through the revenue numbers. Revenues increased 18% to 322 million, 322.8 million from the prior year quarter as increased revenue in the media segment. Operating income increased 87% to 99.8 million driven by increased profits from the media segment. Media revenues increased 29% to a quarterly record of 264.6 million. WWE's network's average paid subscribers decreased 10% to approximately 1.42 million. I am one of them. The prior quarter, it was 1.51 million. The decrease in live event revenue was caused by no super showdown in Australia. Media was hurt with poor 2K20 sales because no one was gonna fucking buy a game that they pretty much did a rush job on in two fucking months. Probably a little bit more than that, but Ukes pulled out of the deal and left WWE to pretty much play hide and go fuck themselves and gave us what many people are considering probably the worst WWE 2K20 game of the series so far. Or should I say the 2K game so far? This was when they opened up the call for questions. When asked about their TV deal in India, they have an existing deal, but the uncertainty is when a new deal will be put in place. They have already have the TV rights in guidance. When asked whether the WWE Network is a business that they can sell to a potential partner such as ESPN for ESPN Plus, McMahon stated, quote, we have a lot of options. We continue on with a free and enhanced paid tier. Right now, there's no better time than to exercise the selling of our rights. All the majors are really clamoring for our content. Oh, really now? When you give me shitty programming on Raw and SmackDown the past couple of years, I don't really think major networks are really clamoring for the content because I really know deep down in their heart of hearts, Fox executives are regretting the day they signed a five-year deal for a billion fucking dollars. Moving on though, Vince made it clear that the XFL is separate from WWE with 400 employees. A question regarding the potential of pulling NXT off the network. Vince said the network is the most premium content. He says WWE Network is their premium option, but TV is another way to capitalize on the network. A question about putting ads in the network. McMahon noted that they're considering it if the network stays as is. McMahon added that there's a strong, very strong interest in OTT. If a deal is made, then they would be announcing that in the first quarter. That's how far we are. McMahon was asked about spending more on talent and production costs. He thinks doing so is paramount. He sees growth in ratings and noted how previous quarters that were down had talent injury. And you still couldn't manage to book proper shows with the talent you fucking had. He said that they think they're exactly where they want heading into WrestleMania. That remains to be seen as we are only in the second week of build towards WrestleMania. And we have another at least 60 days plus to go until WrestleMania 36 on April 5th. More questions of the WWE Network moving to a potential other OTT platform was brought up. McMahon stated, quote, when you're playing with some of the majors, it depends on negotiation. If we could keep it, absolutely. Nothing is a must-have. We'll deal with what's available. If any one of these deals takes place, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be transformative. They said that they don't comment on what the profitability of the WWE Network is. How has the free tier for WWE Network performed? Riddick said, quote, it was launched in December, and it's too early to say what the results are. Continue to analyze. When we feel like we have good data, we'll put that out there. McMahon added, again, it was a soft launch. A question about the concerns with McMahon involved in the XFL. McMahon noted that there is no investment by WWE in the XFL. 
Riddick added there's, there's no plan to put the XFL back into WWE, and that in and of itself is an actual plus, because we don't need XFL and WWE to come together, we need to keep them completely fucking separate. And yes, I will be checking out the XFL um, this weekend, of course the Seattle Dragons are playing DC Defenders tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ABC for those who are going to be interested in watching football after the Super Bowl. A caller asked about AEW competition and AEW producing more edgier content and whether it has changed their point of view. Vince said, quote, AEW has not changed our content at all. We don't need more edgy content. PG. One of the few programs out there that really is PG. As far as NXT, we're competing. NXT competing is competing on Wednesday night and doing extremely well. AEW is kicking your ass. They have been for a majority of the 18 weeks that we've been here. And by the way, Vince, they beat your ass 928,000 to 776,000. So last time I checked, you're still getting your ass handed to you by AEW. Hell, you're getting your ass handed to you by NXT and NXT UK who are producing better content than you are producing on the main fucking roster. Take that and you put that in your pipe and fucking smoke it, bitch. McMahon was then asked about the management turnover and how that has impacted his role. He said he'll have a few more direct reports now. I have pretty broad shoulders and I can handle a lot. Regarding WWE's company structure, McMahon noted... In terms of reimagining our culture and the way we do business, it's going to be very inclusive, attracting world-class individuals to our company. I mean, who wouldn't want to work for the WWE? Uh, any fucking writer that left your company because every fucking idea that was handed to you that was probably a million-dollar idea, you pretty much told them to go fuck themselves and went with something that you wanted to do. Anyway, I mean, come on. It won't take us long to implement all that. Caller wanted to know more about the disagreements on strategy with McMahon, Barrios, and Wilson. Vince stated a lot of it was execution, focus as well, the allocation of resources, the way we do business. It's going to be different and more successful as well. That was pretty much um, most of it. Let me just check. Uh, there's another article on here. Um, let me see if there's any more new content or anything that comes up. All right, so that was from WrestlingNews.co, and I just want to see if Wrestling Inc. Dad had something a little different. I just want to see. Yeah, pretty much uh, everybody's going to be saying the same thing for the most part because they all pretty much were in on the call. Um, so let's just try to break down all that mumbo jumbo into regular basic English. Here's what I think of WWE with this. Um, so let's read this article real quick. And see if there's anything to come else from um, here. So from today, actually, news on Vince McMahon reportedly disagreeing with former WWE co-presidents. This is from my one of my favorite favorite writers in the professional wrestling game right now, Mark Middleton, February 7th, 2020, which is today. 
As noted on Thursday after the WWE Q4 and full year investors call, WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon stated that management transition with the departures of co-presidents George Barrios and Michelle Wilson came after careful consideration and that the decision was based on a different view execution of our areas of focus. While this was not stated publicly, privately it's been said that Vince and his former co-presidents wanted to do different things with the significant money that the company brought in for the recent TV deals with the USA Network and Fox, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Barrios and Wilson reportedly wanted to maximize WWE's current profits, which would then build the stock price up. Vince also wanted to use the new money to increase profits, but he had other plans that apparently Wilson and Barrios did not agree with. Vince reportedly wanted to heavily invest the money. The Observer reports that Vince was looking at spending big money to sign, keep, and stockpile new talents, and to make sure marketable talents didn't leave the company. Hey, Vince McMahon, the revival's fucking leaving. So fuck you. Vince also wanted to create new regional offshoots to try and dominate the grassroots aspect of the pro wrestling market, which started to happen in the UK market with NXT UK. There have been some talks and at least rumors of WWE considering NXT Japan, NXT Germany, NXT Australia, NXT Mexico, and NXT Canada for the future. It was noted that Vince wanted to try to regain the monopoly of the pro wrestling business that some would say he's had for years that it started to slip away from him as other promotions see an increase in their worldwide popularity. Mainly, New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. We've already seen WWE offer big money for talents to sign new contracts and contract extensions over the past year or so, because he doesn't want them to leave to go to AEW because he fears AEW. Let's keep that all the way fucking funky. WWE has continued to grow the NXT UK brand with the launching of the WWE UK Performance Center, all while focusing on the recruitment of talents from other countries. It'll be interesting to see how many additional NXT brands they launch in the next few years, and if Vince McMahon is able to regain that monopoly of the business. Hmm. Ugh. Hmm. My goodness. My goodness, Vince. So, what I want to do here is actually pull up the stock right now and see where exactly they are at. So, as of this very moment, um, they just finished the um, the closing. They just finished the close of the day um, about, I'd say, about a half hour ago officially because... Um, Often most of these that open up the stock market, uh, they usually start around 9:30, and it usually ends at 4:30 um, every single day. So, as of 4:05 p.m., the stock closed at $42.53. Now, if you look back, now at their highest peak at that point, and let's go over the let's go over the past six months. So we can get a kind of a better picture. Now, before February, the beginning of February, they were at $60.94 on my birthday, actually, January 29th. Um, we can go a little bit further. They were high 60s. They were at 53 between uh, sometime in November. They were sometime, they were, you know, I'm seeing 70, 60, a lot of 60s. Year to date, let me see. So they started the year at $64.22. Once we get to Thursday, January 30th, they were at $62.30. That was, I believe, before the news 
of the of George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. Uh, actually made its headway. Then on January 31st, it cratered down to $48.88. The day after on Monday, it closed at $46.08. Jumped back up to $49 and $49 even on Wednesday and ended the week at $42.53. Now, over the past year or so, let's see if we can pull that up. At its highest in 2019, they were at $98, actually $99.25 on April 23rd, 2019. That was their highest of the past year, of last year, actually the last year or so, from February 8th, 2019, to now, which is 42.53. Now, it started the, uh, on February 8th, 2019, the stock was at $85.82, and I said, like I said, their highest peak was at $99.25, and over the past, I'd say, let me see, where was that? This was April 23rd, and now, What? Ten months later, it is cut in, oh, actually, more than half. Here's the crazy part about this. Merch sales are down, right? And even, and even like this article I saw on uh, CNN.com from yesterday. From CNN Business and their Markets Now feature, things keep getting worse for WWE from Paul... R. La Monica. This is actually from yesterday. Let's see if we can get into this here. So, the news keeps getting worse for the sports entertainment company World Wrestling Entertainment. Shares of WWE fell $9 yesterday morning after the company reported considerable uncertainty about its strategy and outlook. The star already has plunged more than 30% in 2020. Not even two months in, and the stock has already plunged 30%. The company said Thursday it was considering alternative strategic options. What the? No, we're not doing that. Shut up. No. Fuck off. Goddamn autoplay. The company said Thursday it was considering, considering alternative strategic options for the WWE Network. It's streaming service that charges a monthly users a monthly subscription fee of $9.99 to watch special events like Royal Rumble and Wrestle. Mania. WWE reported fourth quarter earnings of 78 cents a, cents a share, which topped Wall Street forecast. Revenue came in at 323 million, up nearly 20% from a year ago, but lower than analysts' forecast of 332 million. But the company has been rocked in recent months by concerns about its international growth as it seeks to ink new television contracts in many foreign markets. Worries about declining viewership in the United States have hurt the stock, too, in light of weak ratings for flagship programs such as Raw and NXT, airing on Comcast, own NBC Universal Cable Network USA, and SmackDown on Fox. WWE said last month that its two co-presidents were stepping down, but WWE Chairman and Vince Mc- CEO Vince McMahon remains confident that the company would turn things around. We believe the value of live sports will continue to increase, particularly in today's evolving media landscape, and we are well positioned to take advantage of this trend to maximize the value of our content. McMahon's in the statement. Wall Street isn't so sure 
several analysts have slashed their rating and pricing targets in recent months. So what you mean to tell me, Mr. McMahon, is that your company's starting to go in a toilet. What a fucking coinkydink. What a fucking coincidence. And here's why your company is going down the fucking toilet, Vince. Your ratings have gone to shit. In one year alone, in 2019, your your company, your company's so-called A-show, in which now you're considering SmackDown to be A-show, Monday Night Raw broke its own non-holiday lowest rated viewership record eight fucking times. I'm going to say that again. Monday Night Raw broke its own non-holiday lowest viewer viewed ratings record eight fucking times. Merch sales are down. Live events numbers are down. Ratings for Raw and SmackDown are down. But you still have confidence that WWE is on the up and up. When in 10 months time, your stock went from 99 and a quarter to 42.53. I don't know, Vince McMahon. I'm not the smartest man in the world. But when you look at the numbers, your stock went down 57 fucking, bu- fucking dollars in a span of 10 months. I don't know the stock market, but I know I know math. And losing $57 a share? Losing 57 bucks per share? In 10 months? That's not good. WWE is failing. NXT is fine. NXT UK is fine. You're not getting certain deals in foreign markets. And from what I read in one article, the reason part of the reason Barrios and Wilson are gone is because they couldn't pretty much garner deals in the Middle East. Of course, they talked about the India call. They said they couldn't even get a contract and guidance. It's not official yet. But WWE wants you to believe. Vince McMahon wants you to believe that everything's on the ump and up. So why are George Barrios and Michelle Wilson gone from their jobs? If everything's on the up and up. He basically placed blame on Barrios and Wilson and not himself for this. When you are the are pretty much booking shows and there was news all last year about especially the, the starting in like the middle part of last year where you were Vince McMahon was writing shows on the fly for shows on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Rebook, rewriting the entire shows, second hour on SmackDown. That was news. You can you can easily look it up. One simple Google search will tell you everything you need to tell. I reported on this shit. Go check out my go check out my old stuff. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. I talked about this. And then we go to Friday, last Friday, and SmackDown was a straight disaster. I don't care what anyone tells me. 
I observed what I needed to observe for the first hour and didn't give a shit about the second hour. So what? Braun Strowman's Intercontinental Champion. Congratulations, Braun Strowman, on winning your first actual singles title. That's cute. But when you pretty much fuck over talent, when you had Sasha Banks pretty much, well, actually, she threw, she threw kind of a bitch fit. And on top of that, didn't even let, didn't even, you brought Sasha Banks back after SummerSlam and didn't even have Becky Lynch drop the title to Sasha, which was a missed opportunity. You had your mid card looking like straight up garbage. Your main event scene looks like straight up garbage. You have no tag team division to speak of on either Raw or SmackDown. Both of your women's divisions are straight trash. And you wonder why ratings are falling. You wonder why people aren't going to your live events in droves anymore. Merch sales are down, Vince. But yet it's not up and up. You have confidence in the growth of your company. Now, like I said, and I've also reported on this as well, that Vince McMahon will be working on both XFL and WWE. And me personally, I think Vince should just go away. I've been saying this for a while now. Vince McMahon doesn't have it anymore. He's in his early fucking 70s. He is not in tune with what we want. That December 2018 promo told you everything you needed to know. That that promo told me everything I needed to know. We're going to give you what you want. New feuds, new champions, new rivalries, new talent. That was over a year ago. And surprisingly, nothing fucking changed. Nothing changed. And you wonder why people are kind of pessimistic about WrestleMania season right now. I understand we kind of have to you know see what they're going to do we're only in the second week of Wrestlemania build I get that but look at the past few Wrestlemanias me personally and I'm sure some of y'all probably think you know they had good shows I thought last year's Wrestlemania was trash and judging by the triple threat main event that was I in my personal opinion also trash that show literally peaked at Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship. But they gave us what we wanted. Seth Rollins won the championship. Kofi Kingston won the WWE title. Becky Lynch finally got her comeuppance. And that's all well and good. But y'all seem to forget about the rest of the fucking card too. The rest of that card was shit. Seven hours of my life I can never get back. For the life of me, I know. I like. I mean, for most, for some of you may think I'm I'm being pessimistic about the product. I have every right to be. When you literally when you literally are giving not giving fans exactly what we want.
It is a damn shame that he can sit there and say things are on the up and up when all around him we see the product speaks for itself. Fans have accepted mediocrity. Society itself, for the most part, has accepted being average. Fuck that. When I do this podcast, I strive every single time I hit the record button to be better than the episode I had previously recorded. I give you my everything every single fucking time I sit down on this couch and I hit record. Because that's what you deserve. That's what you're expecting from me. Quality, professional wrestling content every single week. Unapologetically, being poignant, on point, no holds barred, meat and potatoes type of podcast. No filter, straight laced, to the point, no questions asked. I praise the product when it does well, and I shit on it when it goes negative. I want W I really want this WrestleMania season to be the best they've had in quite some time. Am I worried that this WrestleMania will shit on itself? Yes. I have every right to be concerned. Look at your track record the past four or five years. I can't remember for the life of me that I actually gave, like, especially since I've been doing this podcast. I believe I gave 2019 a, a, a middle of the road grave, uh, a glade, glade, grade. I don't give a fuck at this point. I gave it a middle of the road grade. The product speaks, the, the proof is in the pudding, is it not? When you literally watch the product just crumble before our very eyes, but yet somehow Triple H knows how to kill it every single time with NXT and NXT UK. Every single fucking time. And even as I reported on Monday, Vince McMahon has no backup plan. They, WWE has no backup plan when Vince McMahon dies. They don't know who they are going to tab as the next heir. Who is going to run WWE? There's only one person competent enough to actually run this company. His name is Paul fucking Levesque. He is what WWE needs right now. Across the board. Yet Vince McMahon can't seem to let it go. He is petty. And especially given the fact that AEW is kicking his ass. For majority of the time, AEW has beaten NXT in ratings. 18 weeks majority. And they've killed it every single fucking, almost every single week. I want Vince McMahon to actually do better. Because we as fans deserve better. And if he's not going to give us better, then it's quite simple. You vote with your wallet.
fans are seeing this. I look at my Twitter almost every week when it comes to, you know, watching SmackDown and pay-per-views and all that stuff. I see what goes on online. Most, a majority of the pay-per-views last year. Fans shit on it. Fans shit all over this. All we want is quality programming. Consistent quality programming week in and week out. It is not every show has to be great, but a majority of the time I want quality. And if you're not going to give it to us, we're going to stop watching your product and focus on what we want to see. We'll watch other programming. We'll watch AEW, New Japan, NXT, and NXT UK. I've seen people online, on Twitter, and, so, and on social media, period, saying they don't fuck with Raw. They don't listen to, they don't watch SmackDown anymore. Because they're giving them nothing of value. That they'd rather use their time in a much more proper manner. Let's be real here. WWE needs to get its shit together in 2020. Otherwise, merch sales will continue to drop. Live event numbers will continue to go down. Ratings will fall into the fucking toilet. And people will continue to shy away from their main roster product. Again, I praise NXT. I praise NXT UK. They do it right every single fucking week for the most part. People will gravitate towards AEW. People will gravitate towards New Japan. They'll take their hard-earned money elsewhere. And I've been, I was hearing that Vince McMahon, WWE as a whole, were trying to possibly um, maybe do a separate subscription service for their pay-per-views. What the fuck kind of shit is that? It's plain and simple. If WWE does not want to do what's necessary... To make them to get to bring themselves back up to prominence, people will walk away. The same thing happened with Gillette. When they tried to do that bullshit commercial, what happened? The numbers went down. People aren't investing in their product anymore as much. They can go elsewhere. People are voting with their wallets. There's people I there's people I've seen online on Twitter saying they canceled their subscription. And they're just going to use the month free month and then cancel it and then wait until another big show comes around. It's plain and simple. Ditch being mediocre and start being great. And if you don't want to be great, then we'll go elsewhere to find another promotion that wants to be great and we will ride with them. This is episode 166 of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, let us begin.
What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Nations Podcast here. Welcome to episode 166 of Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday evening, kicking off your weekend. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed that opening segment there, talking about the Q4 and full year earnings call from the WWE, what I thought about it. If you do have any opinions on it, um, of what you thought about the you know Q4 call, uh, the full year call as well, uh, please do send me a voice message. Send us a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Radio. I'll be saying it again at the end of the show. If you have any thoughts about, you know, the whole call as a whole or what you thought about my opinions on the call as a whole. But I did finally, my DVR actually worked for once and I got to see the entire episode of NXT last night. Um, what I, I mean, luckily I did get that, I did get that taken care of. So I can go into this feeling more confident about talking about, uh, Wednesday's episode of NXT. Now, I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed this. I really did enjoy this episode. There was nothing. There was there wasn't much to be mad at in terms of this episode. Um, the most important thing, though, that I want to get across to every single one of you who listened to this episode today about NXT. This is what, of course, I love about NXT this week. Um, we are literally what's it? The seventh. We are literally nine days away. From NXT's first TakeOver special of 2020. And here's the, the, the most important thing is that NXT TakeOver Portland is shaping up to be one of the best TakeOver specials, if not the best TakeOver special that they have ever produced in the history of NXT since they've started giving us TakeOver specials just about four or five years ago. When you look at the card as a whole, right? You have Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. You have the Broserweights taking on the Undisputed Era for the Tag Team Championship. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Keith Lee will actually be defending the NXT North American Championship against longtime rival um, and once uh, teammate in War Games. Actually, no, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in War Games. Um, Dominic Dajakovic. You then have Tegan Knox and... Dakota Kai re- revamping their rivalry at Portland. I believe there is one other match that I may be missing. Um, and I'm going to feel very, very doo-doo about this um, when I pull this up. But I know there's, I know they're doing, they're surprisingly doing six matches. Six matches on this, on this crazy thing. Uh, and of course, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. How could I forget? Um, this card alone, when you look at the card up and down, this card is shaping up to be the best takeover I may have ever seen ever since I started watching takeover specials. This is just insane. This card is insane. Um, the fact that we are literally five days away from their go home show in anticipation for this show is higher than what it was for Worlds Collide is insane to me. It really is. Um, I am just, I have been thoroughly impressed with NXT since they 
started the year on, I consider they're starting the year of January 8th because on January 1st, they had the NXT year-end award. So I don't really count that necessarily towards the beginning of their year. Their year started in January 8th. And ever since then, and we are literally almost a month removed from the first show of 2020. And they are literally, and this is, mind you, this is the road to take over Tampa. We are on the road to Tampa. And NXT, I don't know how Tampa is going to look about 60-some-odd days from now. But, man, they are really going to give Tampa a run for its money when it comes to this. And on top of that, it's a standalone pay-per-view for NXT. Oh, excuse me. Wild Cherry Sparkling Water. Telling you sparkling water is delicious. Better than soda. And um, ups curve, you know, your soda cravings. Shameless plug. But that, but the fact that Portland is, is just shaping up to, it, it, feel, it really feels like we're in Tampa right now. You know, with the with the card they are giving us. Those six, six matches, I don't even think there has been a card where they've had six matches. For NXT TakeOver. Period. Not to my knowledge personally. But, man, they are really making this one of the most important shows in 2020. Across the board, across every major brand. Um, NXT, with uh, WWE, AEW, um, all that. They are making this a blessing for us. Ricky and I were talking about it real quickly on Twitter. And I even said, man, we are blessed. This is a true blessing for us to get this TakeOver special. Just two months before we get TakeOver Tampa. I have been thoroughly impressed with the build. I have been happy with the build. I've been there. There hasn't been much that I've been mad at about this. They made this, they made this show pretty, like, I mean, it, I mean, for most of us who have been watching NXT for a long time, we know this is par for the course. Once it gets to the takeover season, during any portion of the year, you know that at least for the four to six weeks in the lead up to said pay-per-view, they bring their absolute best to the board. They put numbers up on the board. They're usually at the top of the leaderboard, and they shit on anything fucking moving. There is not one match on this card that I would want to take away from TakeOver Portland. Seriously, every match on this card is meant to be on this card. And every match on this card has had a storyline that is meant to be made for this card. That is well done. Name a WWE pay-per-view. Literally, be real with yourself. Name the last WWE pay-per-view, truly, that gave you a card and a build that you were truly invested in. For four, for four to six weeks that got you hyped that made you just want to see what they were going to do next and now we're literally five days away from the go home show nine days away from the pay-per-view and I am I want TakeOver Portland right the fuck now that's how much I love this I'm loving this build I've been loving this, this these shows they've been making every episode important 
and last night they made this shit important. So let's get into the rest of what I loved about NXT this week. Now, to a lot of people, Mercedes Martinez was AEW, and I was expecting big things from Mercedes Martinez on AEW Dynamite. I thought she was going to be a true foundational piece of the women's division. I thought she was definitely going to be competing for championships. I thought she was going to be a big fucking deal. Come to find out, homegirls in NXT. Out of fucking nowhere. Just, yeah. And for some of you who may think, why are you going with Mercedes Martinez as one of your, as one of the top ones? Well, here's why. I have been a fan of Mercedes Martinez ever since the Mae Young Classic came out. She has definitely produced very solid matches on the card. Um, she's gone very deep in both tournaments um, that WWE has produced for the Mae Young Classic. And she has become a big fucking name. For a lot of people, she's been a big name on the indie. She's been in this game 19 years. And now at the age of 38, she has finally made her name for herself and making her mark in NXT immediately. They already did a vignette on her before her match with Casey Canzaro. And the only thing I really said to myself immediately after I saw that is that they're strapping a fucking rocket pack to this girl's back and they are shooting her up to the fucking moon. literally shooting her up to the fucking moon and that's not necessarily a bad thing mercedes martinez can go she has competed up against some of the very best in the game period it's safe to say mercedes martinez is now going to be a made woman in nxt i like what she brings to the table Fans have already gravitated towards her multiple times on NXT. She's appeared on NXT numerous times, and I've seen her perform, and she's done very well for herself. There has not been one match I've seen from Mercedes Martinez since she has come to NXT before she became true NXT that I have not been mad at, Mae Young Classic or otherwise. And, of course, you know, the match against Casey was decent. You know, it's nothing right home about it. It was more so a showcase match for Mercedes Martinez. And I'm very proud to see, you know, a talent the likes of a, you know, even she said in there, you know, 19 years, I've rugged, I'm rugged, dug it, hustling, and here I am. The women of NXT better watch out for the Latina sensation. Made a name for herself immediately. I mean, the match itself didn't take long. few minutes. Um, Casey got in some action. And, you know, she... And she's really... She really just, you know... She took a lot... Took a bit of offense from Casey. But you know what? In the end, Fisherman Buster, one, two, three. I think they are very high on Mercedes Martinez. I am high on Mercedes Martinez. I think she's got a good look. I think she's got an attitude about her that I like. Um... She can definitely, like I said, she can definitely go in the ring. And they're uh, and they are going to they literally strapped a rocket pack to this girl's back and they are shooting her up to the top. She will definitely be a focal point. I would probably say after takeover Tampa. 
I won't because after the whole if, now if they now if Rhea Ripley gets past Bianca Belair and she gets past Charlotte at Tampa, I want to now most people are now if they do it at WrestleMania. Here's my thing: if they do it at WrestleMania, they 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 are doing a disservice, I think, to this match. This match definitely deserves to be on an NXT card, um, because because NXT used to be the, of course an alum of NXT. And I think it would just harken back, you know, to her going back to her roots, going back, going to, you know, she'll be, the, she'll be the heel easily. The crowd is going to hate the ever-loving shit at her. They want her to lose. And they are going to be on the side of Rhea for this matchup. Big time. If that's the, if that is the case, if she does get past Bianca and we get to Charlotte versus Rhea, Charlotte will easily be the most hated woman in NXT. I do not want this. I would not want this on a WrestleMania card. It doesn't deserve it. Doesn't even deserve it. It deserves to be on an NXT takeover. You know. I think about I think about NXT UK and their uh takeover from last year. When Cesaro and Ilya Dragunov went on. Cesaro going out of his way to challenge Ilya. And challenge, and you know, take on his open challenge, and they had a banger of a matchup. I see nothing wrong with that. I absolutely loved this, and I love to see Mercedes Martinez. I can't wait to see what they do with her. Um, I can't wait to see. I think after Takeover Tampa, and they start the, I guess in WWE terms, new calendar year. Well, in NXT's eyes, Takeover. Their uh, SummerSlam weekend is usually their WrestleMania, um, for the most part. So they're really in the in their. I guess they say they're 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 in their SummerSlam right now. I would say, but I think, but Mercedes, I'm very high on Mercedes Martinez, and I think after Takeover Tampa, you're gonna start to see a lot more from Mercedes Martinez. I think she'll be a huge focal point in 2020, and I'm not gonna say that she's possibly gonna win the. NXT Women's Championship sometime in 2020, but I guarantee you that they definitely, for sure, will be looking out, looking at Mercedes Martinez to be a top contender for the NXT Women's Championship, whoever it may be, whoever it may be, they're going to have her as a true top focal point. The Finn Balor... Johnny Gargano interview was fucking awesome. You know, they couldn't they couldn't afford to have a fight breakout, so they had these dudes via satellite and all Marvinalo to have them ask the question. Pretty much. And it didn't even take one question for these two to start going at it. Of course, Prince takes offense to the fact that Marvinalo asked Gargano something first. He interrupts saying, let's be honest here. This match was supposed to be happened back at War Games. But Johnny hasn't been cleared since I dropped him on his head three months ago. Gargano replies saying he was waiting those three months to finally meet the prince. Valor pretty much says, oh, have you? You've been counting. I've been counting for four years to get this match. All I keep hearing is Johnny wrestling, Johnny takeover, Johnny blah, blah, blah. Now it's time to back all of that up. In Portland, I will show you that you are not the next Valor. Gargano basically agrees with him. He says, I'm not the next Balor. I am the first and only Johnny freaking 
Wrestling, the first NXT Triple Crown winner. More TakeOver main events, even more than you. Homie was spitting facts, and it's all backed up by facts. First NXT Triple Crown winner. I think he's done double-digit double digit TakeOver main events already in his NXT career. But he continues on saying, but yes, I need this match to prove that I am better than the longest reigning NXT champion. That's you. To be honest, you need this just as badly as I do. Finn basically tells him, no, I don't. What do you even want this match for? To have a match of the year candidate? I don't care if it takes 20 minutes or 20 seconds. I don't get paid by the hour. And, and Gargano comes back. See, right there. That is the Balor that I need to beat. That is NXT Balor, not Raw or SmackDown Balor, who lost the bash to Bobby Lashley like 17 weeks in a row or something. I would eat that guy alive. Crowd went bananas for that. I was laughing my ass off when I heard that. I was laughing. Because Balor felt, and you can easily see it. Balor felt some type of way about that. You can easily see it in his face. Body language don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie, and body language doesn't either. That was very well done on both sides. Balor then warns Organo that he wishes he'd get, you'd get Raw or SmackDown Balor. But that guy's dead. I'm not here for some match of the year candidate. I'm here for the last match. The last match of your career. Say what you want. Just be ready. Gargano says that I'm going to pick up the NXT. I picked up the NXT banner and I'm going to drive it through your heart. Balor then ends it by saying, I have no heart. Woo! Go back and watch that, bro. Go back and watch that interview. And you mean to tell, and if you didn't feel something from Balor and Gargano in that interview, you have no soul. They might as well put you in some insane asylum for that shit. There is no way you need to tell me that after seeing that interview that you're not ready for Balor Gargano. This, ever since Balor has come back in NXT, one of the matches I have wanted badly is Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Off fucking rip. Literally, in one of my top five matches that I wanted to see him in, Gargano was one. Not number one per se, but he was one of the five. And when he came back to NXT, my thoughts went bananas. Balor, you know, Balor, Champa, Adam Cole. Already got those two. He already got Cole, Cole and Champa out of the way. Gargano is one of those matches that even the casual fan can get behind. Finn Balor, to me, is one of the best WWE has to offer, period. I am a huge Finn Balor fan going back to his days as Prince Devitt in New Japan. And to see him in NXT is a one hell of a breath of fresh air. It is like the, the couple of cookies you eat with the milk before you go to bed. It is like the protein shake after a great workout. It is like my dog Marley enjoying treats after she gets a walk because she did a good job and didn't go after any other dogs. It is that kind of good. It is a beautiful thing. Now, yes, this is a match of the year candidate. Off rip. Let's, let's not get things twisted here. There is no way you mean to tell me that Gargano Balor isn't a match of the year candidate. Hell, 
Look at this up and down this card. You have three off rip. You have three of the things. Cole Champa, Ballard Gargano, Brozer Waits, Undisputed Era for the tag titles. It is insanity to believe for one second that Ballard Gargano isn't going to steal the show. They're going to look to steal the show. And that and that whole interview made you ready for that match. Let's see what we got here. There's so much that went down. I'm, I'm very happy with this episode. I'm very, very pleased with this episode. The Broserweights Undisputed Era Champa deal throughout the night was very, very well done. Broserweight started the night, of course, having the Dusty Cup trophy in the back of the Broserweight mobile, which was hilarious. You know, saying that, you know, they, they came out with a brand new custom golf cart. The Broserweight mobile is a thing. Dunn even stated, the last thing I ever thought I'd do is be in a tag team with you. Riddle says this meant to be, bro. And look at us now, Dusty Cup winners, the future NXT Tag Team Champions. Outcome Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly pretty much saying they will not, I will not acknowledge Matthew Riddell and Peter Dune as a tag team. The only thing they've done is disrespect the legacy of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. The trophy in a golf cart. You believe this? I don't want to wait for Portland. I don't think Bobby Fish wants to wait for Portland. Out comes Roderick Strong. Pretty much comes out, keeping him back. They claim, we would like to pick a fight with you tonight, but the loser weight mobile is blocking the way. And we have much bigger fish to fry than you two jerks. Of course, Riddle comes up with how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish. The answer to that question is a fucking lie. And that makes me want some fried fish right now. And it made me kind of hungry. But steak's on deck tonight. And I can't wait to eat that because it's going to be so glorious. Dunn says they shouldn't worry about how much fish Bobby Fish could fry. Riddle does, does say it's a thing now. And he keeps repeating the tongue twister. Fans start to join in. And Dunn says what matters is that takeover. The browser weights smoke. The Undisputed Era, of course, taking a little page, you know, out of Matthew, Matthew uh, Riddle's book, of course, he loved him some bit of the ganja, but no one loves ganja more than Rob Van Dam, it's certified, and Val Venus too, probably, because he, he does grow, he is a grower, but I love the fact that they're playing off of the whole thing, Morrow has joined in on it sometimes, you know, the, the weave references, it's hilarious to me, I, I appreciate that. Um, and I can't, I really want to see this tag match. But the thing with Undisputed Era throughout the night, they were pretty much looking for Tommaso Ciampa. Um, it's a beautiful thing that, you know, like I said, throughout the night, they were just looking for um, this. They, uh, of course, they were on the hunt for Tommaso Ciampa. They pretty much beat up whoever that gets in their way. Whoever doesn't have an answer, um, no one does. Hell, even Roderick Strong took took the freaking uh, clippers from one of the barbers in the back and just gave a guy a haircut. Fucked his whole hairline up and everything. That was funny as shit. Um, they beat down uh, Kushida. They um, beat, actually, uh, Roderick Strong 
hit a flying knee on Bronson Reed, which is crazy. You know, pretty much like Kushida asking him, you know, do you understand English? Kushida then starts throwing hands. The 4v1 never really goes his way. The Ushigoroshi into the the, uh, the trash can. Um, again, Bronson Reed gets hit by the strong knee, saying, apparently, you don't know where Champa is either. And then out comes Champa later on in the night after they continue on with their search. Um, Champa gets pretty much all four down for the most part and starts going after Cole. They start fighting towards the announce desk. Um, Champa pets himself in the back. Out comes the Undisputed Era to save the leader. Then they go into a 4v... It's a, a 4v3 because out come Matthew Riddle and Pete Dunne. William Regal pretty much stated, you know, after the brawl... And this brawl went on for a little while and it was nice. But William Regal pretty much stated, you know, if you guys want to settle this, we can settle this thing tonight. Get your gear ready. Let's go. And even after William Regal said that, that that was supposed to calm him down, they kept fighting after that shit. And even when they, the match started, the six-man tag team match started, they beat that they beat the hell out of each other before the match even the bell even fucking rang. This was how good this shit was. Um, again, when you have six people the likes of that, you know, it's it's an amazing thing. And of course, the ending of you know this week's episode we'll discuss at the end of the segment because it makes me happy to see a certain someone back in you know back in the wonderful confines of NXT. The Cruiserweight division's biggest rivalry now is going to be between Jordan Devlin and Andrew Garza. Now, it was a shock victory by, I would say, a lot of people that Devlin became the new Cruiserweight champion at Worlds Collide. Uh, the reason I kind of was surprised was that Garza only had like a month-long title reign. But now, when you see Devlin holding that belt honestly he makes this belt look good he is the first Irish cruiserweight champion in the history of uh, NXT of course since it's been renamed the NXT cruiserweight championship um, I love Jordan Devlin I'm a big fan of Jordan Devlin he had a great match with um, Tyler Breeze on Wednesday night Angel Garza had a banger of a match with Isaiah Swerve Scott to open up the show. And I love the reason behind, you know, that Angel Garza felt some type of way about, you know, Swerve losing the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Now, you can say, now Swerve can say up and down that I'm not the reason you lost it, but he was the man that got pinned, though. So, in a sense, you took the pinfall, you pretty much lost the match, Jordan Devlin became the new champion. So, but Angel Garza, well, he wants his title back. And now, I think personally at TakeOver Tampa, we I hope that they build this Jordan Devlin versus Angel Garza feud. I hope they build that up for Tampa. I mean, after Portland, we get two months. From, we get from, what, February 17th until April, I guess, April 3rd? Technically, like, the end of March. So, we get about, like, eight weeks, seven, eight weeks of build for this. I think they can actually build something between Garza and 
Devlin. They should really make something out of this. Why not have a, you know, Garza go over to NXT UK and have some matches over there to prove that he is still, you know, one of the best in the world. Jordan Devlin in NXT US makes it look good. And he and fans were really hating on him. He's a, he's a solid heel over in NXT UK. One of the be- one of the big names over in NXT UK right now. And now coming into the US, he fits the mold perfectly. He fits so he, he, he fit right in with that. He and Breeze had a solid match. Swerving Garza had a solid match. The Cruiserweight division is just is just on point. It's just it's you know, it's ticking. It's clicking. It's moving and grooving. It's shaking. It's doing what it needs to do. And look at look at the names that have been a part of this Cruiserweight division so far. You know, Leo, Leo Rush, Devlin, Garza, Scott, um, Travis Banks, Tyler Breeze, Roe Mendoza. I even I stated it months ago. The, the second NXT, NXT brought the Cruiserweight division into the fold, that they were going to have a one hell of a renaissance. And look at them now. Look at what they are doing. You now have Jordan Devlin as your Cruiserweight champion. You have a new look belt that with a black strap that I absolutely love. And I would love to buy the replica. Cost me a couple. Will cost me a couple hundred bucks. And definitely mess up my bank account just a little bit. But it'd be worth it. But Devlin Garza is going to be one hell of a fucking gear. And that's something we need to focus on. You know, of course, you got your Coles, you got your, your Cole Champa, you got your Johnny Gargano, all that stuff. You got Portland on deck. It's, it's going to be like, it's, it's regular work for them. Like, what everybody thinks is going to be bananas, NXT just considers that light work. But, man, this cruise, this, I think this could be the best cruiserweight rivalry we've seen since Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. And that was a great feud between those two. And especially with, um, With, you know, Murphy winning in Australia, of course, his home country, and becoming the new Cruiserweight champion, becoming the first, I believe, Australian singles champion in the history of the company. This is going to be an epic feud between these two. I think this is definitely a clash of styles. Um, You know, just, you know, the Lucha Libre style of Garza, the hard-hitting style of, you know, of Devlin. This is going to be one of those feuds where I'm really birdmanning, you know, birdman my, birdman with my hands, and I'm putting respect on their both their names. This feud is going to be fun as fuck. When we get to take over, what if they do this to take over Tampa? My God, the eyes of the world will be on the cruiserweight division, and we will get to see some of the best cruiserweight action in the world today. And honestly, NXT deserves that. I'm proud of Triple H making that call to bring in the Cruiserweight division. I've, I've, seen, I've seen that praise big time. That was probably the best move for not only NXT as they became a two-hour program, but for the Cruiserweight division as a whole. And look at where it is now. And it's only going to get better from here. And I think 2020 is going to be a grand year, a true banner year for the Cruiserweight division. Let's talk about the face-to-face between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Of course, Charlotte was there too. 
you know, making her arrival at NXT, pun not intended. And, of course, Bianca Belair comes out, says, so in a little bit over a week, I'll be heading to take over Portland to become your next NXT Women's Champion. But Rhea seems to forgot all about all that because she's getting in Charlotte's business. So I will say this right here and right now. I don't care about no queen. I want Rhea. Who decides to come out and get her business? Charlotte Flair. You know, fans cheering, of course, welcome home. I think this is the first time in a few years that Charlotte has been in NXT. And I love the fact that they are bringing back the talent from NXT. The thing is though, the thing is what I was worried about in the out in the beginning with um is that they're gonna overuse main roster talent. They're gonna make they're gonna overuse their main roster talent in order to get ratings for NXT. I don't know why I had that silent moment there forgive me for that but what NXT has done they've used the main roster talent in a way that you know isn't isn't overused and only needs to be used in a fashion where it's only needed properly know what I mean it's crazy to see how you know they've used the they've focused on you know more so their NXT talent but have been able to use it use them in a way intertwining with the NXT talent that makes it look proper so after Charlotte comes out Charlotte comes out pretty much saying I have a lot of respect for you you're an amazing athlete but you're not on my level. I'm tickled by having you and Rhea talk about the queen. But Rhea, it seems like she's overlooking you. And you're making this about yourself. So while you're running your mouth, out comes Rhea. Of course, the nightmare got Charlotte to show up in NXT. And now they're confronting each other again. They're starting to stare each other down. Bianca then steps in the middle, but Charlotte brushes her aside. And of course, Bianca felt absolutely some type of fucking way. Pretty much talking to herself like, this bitch did not just put her hand in my fucking face, disrespecting me and my home shit. So Rhea begins her promo by saying, if you come here for a purpose, spit it out. I'm all about dropping the queen at WrestleMania. But of course, Queen's and Bianca waits to see what happens next. Charlotte starts glancing at the belt. Bianca still caught in her feelings, comes out saying, hold up, hold up, uh-uh. I can't believe you're standing in this ring and you don't even go here. Fans start... <laughs> Of course, of course, if you don't mean, if you watch the movie Mean Girls, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She doesn't even go here. Great Mean Girls reference there. Had me laughing at that one. I caught that immediately. I was like, God damn, that was great. 
And, and Fetch is still not a thing. But Lacey Chabert can get it anytime she wants. I'm saying. Lacey Chabert, you can really get it. I mean, for real, girl, you know I had to do it for you. <laughs> I'm just a man. I am merely just a man. Anyway, Bianca then says, Rhea isn't going to run through me at Portland, girl. Uh-uh. WrestleMania is going to end up being the Queen versus the NXT. And you can't whoop me. Charlotte then replies saying, this is a conversation of champions. So please, Bianca, stand over there and fix your brave. Oh my oh, oh my goodness. Oh my oh my goodness. Oh man, I heard that one. Oh my god. Woo! You told she literally told homegirl to go over and fix your brain. And and, and just, she pretty much said, go sit there. She pretty much said, go sit at the kitty table and the adults are talking over here. I was literally thinking like this. You know what I'm saying? That was, oh my God. I gotta hit the one, hit it one more time. I'm gonna hit it one more time just because that bar was crazy. Yeah, that was wild. Oh my goodness. That was just, oh man. Even Rhea was shocked. Even Rhea felt, Rhea was like, what the, this, woo wee. So Rhea says, you know, I didn't come out here disrespecting you. So don't be coming here disrespecting us. Don't get, it, don't get it wrong. Bianca and I are going to rip each other apart in Portland. But this saying here that you must have forgotten. We are an XT. Bam! Bianca decks the hell out of Charlotte. They pick up Charlotte. Hit an electric chair slam on Charlotte. And it's back to Rhea and Bianca. Oof. That was a dope promo. Now, a lot of people, some people would probably say Charlotte's, Charlotte was probably a robotic, all this stuff. To me personally, this is probably the best I've seen out of Charlotte promo in a minute. I mean, the fix your braid line, shit. To a person who who, who listens, who watches battle rap um, from the uh, Ultimate Rap League, hearing a line like that had me like, holy shit. Mm. That hit, that cut deep. That cut deep. Whoever wrote, whoever literally wrote that line, give that person a raise. I don't know how NXT does it. I don't know how NXT does this and comes up with promos that just make me just like, you know, line that you know. I mean, I love like I said. I mean, one for one thing, I love nothing more in this world is rappers, and you know, that was a bar. Told homegirl, go over there and fix you. I can't get over that line. That was, oh my God. But this is a very, very well done promo. But still, unfortunately, Charlotte hasn't made it official. Uh, like I said, I would not want this to happen at WrestleMania. I do not, I, I just don't think it doesn't need to be there. To be honest, Vince McMahon doesn't deserve to put that match in the card. This is Triple H's match. This is Triple H's baby. This is Triple H's card. Take over Tampa. Anyway, it's probably going to rip WrestleMania's ass. Anyway, hand it to Vince on the civil platter. Give it the middle finger. Tell him to go fuck himself and call it a fucking day. I think the match deserves to be at TakeOver Tampa. It is an NXT Women's Championship. Put it on an NXT TakeOver card. It only makes sense. 
but who am I to judge? Either way, it's gonna be is it, that is it up the ante for Bianca and Rhea, and up the ante for because I've been hearing the pop like I've been seeing why not just have a triple threat? We don't need no triple threat. <laughs> we don't need another triple threat at WrestleMania. Go look at happened what happened last time. We had a triple threat match at WrestleMania. What happened there? Hmm. Hmm. WrestleMania Jersey. Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. How boring of a match that was. How shitty of a finish that was. We must have forgot that, huh? We don't need a triple threat. Let Bianca and Rhea do their thing. Let them shine. Whoever wins that gets Charlotte. But this is, a, I think, this is a very well done promo, and all sides, all parties involved, actually did a great job. Like I said, this is one of the better Charlotte promos I have heard in a long time. Usually, when I hear Charlotte promos, I literally just hit the mute button, or I just grab my phone and I'll just go look on Instagram or some shit until the promo is over. I could care less mostly about Charlotte promos. When it comes to NXT promos, they made that Charlotte realized I gotta come with my A game, and she brought it, her A game. And it's kind of funny how you compare the difference with a main roster promo from Charlotte and a now NXT promo from Charlotte, and it doesn't feel forced. Picture that idea. A non, an unforced promo from Charlotte that didn't sound robotic and it actually sound like she actually put some feeling in it, put some feeling in it, or as I like to say, say it with a chest. Okay, that probably was a bad line, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, she probably didn't say it with a chest, but shut up. I'm just a man. I am merely just a man. Andrade, I ain't, I don't usually hate, but bruh, do you, fam. I mean, wellness violation and all, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna take it there, because I ain't, we, this ain't the time, nor the place, and this ain't that kind of show. We keep it family friendly over here on the Young Alliance Perspective. That was a lie. I lied. I cursed too damn much, but that's just me. I got to deal with that. <laughs> but all in all, great promo from all parties involved. This really got hype for Bianca Rhea and up the ante for the whoever beat, whoever wins from Portland to take on Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship. So that's always a, that's a win in and of itself. And finally, to round out what I loved about NXT this week and y'all and if you watched the last five minutes of this y'all know exactly what I'm talking about you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put on the theme song because you know I know you know I you know what you know why I'm here I'm just gonna put it on y'all you already know you already know what I'm talking about you already know what's gonna happen yeah do do I just want to hear I just want to put this on in the background because it, it deserves me you know, because when you hear it, it's just nice. Oh, so nice. Okay, we're not going to... Okay, we're not going to do that. We're just going to let the ad play. But you know what happened during the main event uh, between the Broserweights, Tommaso Ciampa, and, um, and the Undisputed Era. But then... Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. The Velveteen Dream has returned to NXT, and I am very happy with this. Um, 2-5-2020 is a night we shall never forget, 
that your favorite and my favorite. Ooh, just just hear it. Yeah. A-R-E-A-M. Yeah. Velveteen Dream has come back to NXT, y'all. I, y'all, I know some of y'all probably gonna be mad as shit. Why he turn it off? That's my song. <laughs> I'm glad Velveteen's Dream has come back. And man, that crowd went ballistic when Velveteen Dream stood on, the top, on that top turnbuckle and just went off on every member of the Undisputed Era. They did their thing. Um, they did this properly. I am very happy he's back from back injury. I'm glad he's healthy and ready to go. Now, TakeOver Tampa is going to be the focus for him. Um, the only thing he needs to be worried about is Roddy Strong. Because he was basically the one that put him out on the shelf. Tech, uh, story for KFit. Um Yeah. I'd love to see, you know, returns like this. God, that sparkling water is good as shit. I'm just gonna let y'all know when you get some, when you get good sparkling water, two for a dollar, you get on that. You get on that shit and you drink that shit and you just be happy. Yo, mix it with your vodka, mix it with some rum. It's delicious. I've already tried it. God tier shit. But. <laughs> Y'all gonna be thinking like this motherfucker. I'm sure some of y'all are face palming right now like this motherfucker talking about sparkling water and how delicious it is. You shut up. <laughs> I can't help myself. It's good. I buy them. I really do buy it in bulk though. I buy like ten at a time, and it's and it's just beautiful. And I can make that last like two weeks. It's great. But Velveteen Dream returning now does add a few things. Um. A lot of people know that he did lose the NXT North American Championship to Roderick Strong, got uh, taken out, unfortunately had a back injury and was out for pretty much the last four or five months. And I'm glad that he is now back, especially now that he is back during WrestleMania season. Ooh, excuse me. And that's always a big thing when you have a big return like that, especially since now we are in the cusp of TakeOver Tampa season. Um, I'm never mad at it. You know, it's just really good to see um, something like that and just something to enjoy. It should be enjoyed. It should be a great, it's a great moment for everybody involved. Um, of course, they, you know, they were about, of course, the Undisputed Era was about to take out uh, Champa. They, you know, took the spray, uh, big yellow uh, spray can, put an X on his back, you know, pretty much telling your story with the NXT Championship, it's over. You are a joke. And then Cole brings down the knee pad, about to hit the last shot, aiming for that X. Here come the numbers, the three circles, the three eyes all along. Velveteen Dream was already on the top rope. Axe handles, fast hands. Undisputed Air got all the smoke and then some. All right. And the and the best part about that is that when he, after he, it was just him and Roddy in the ring, he rips off his tights to reveal Marina Shafir and his kid on that hearkening back to I believe um who was it was it I'm trying to think of who that what that match was it was probably like last year um when he was trying to play the mind mind games uh, it was either with Johnny Gargano or someone else but he had um you know just um 
I don't think it was Alistair Black. I don't think it was actual Alistair Black. I'm not exactly sure. But those mind games, getting back into those mind games, throwing down Roderick Strong, you know, hands uh, hands on Strong until the undisputed dragon out of safety, and now Dream is back in NXT. That was a great way to close out this week's episode. And now, not only is he going to be now he's he's back in time for WrestleMania weekend. I think it's going to be him and Roderick, Roderick Strong at Tampa. Now we're going to start to tell the story of him getting revenge on not only um, Roderick Strong, but the Undisputed Era as well. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic of how that works going forward, especially what happens after Tampa. Tampa, after, not Tampa, after Portland, a lot will happen, and it's going to be interesting to see what will happen between now and uh take over Tampa to see where Dream is going to land, whether it be um, Roderick Strong or him facing somewhere else. The possibility is there. Um, but I'm glad that Velveteen Dream is 100% healthy. He's back. Crowd went bananas. They did their job. They nailed it with this. And they went, not only did they make the crowd go home happy, it made you happy because, of course, who doesn't love some Velveteen Dream? And that is what I loved about this week's episode of NXT. So what I want you to do is, I know this is about this is about to be 50 minutes long. Take you, get you a snack, get you a drink of your choice, cold beverage. Relieve yourself if you need to go to facilities. I know this ran long, and then come back, and we're gonna talk about what I hated about NXT this week. We'll be right back. Guys, that's gonna be it for episode 166 of the Young. Wait, 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 hold on. Um, this is supposed to be the segment where I talk about what I hated about NXT, right? Looking at the judges, yes, I'm getting the thumbs up from them. But the funny thing is about this episode was that there was nothing that I actually hated about NXT this week. This was a damn good episode of NXT. And honestly, that's that's pretty much all I got about that. And I'm not going to make this into a segment because there was nothing much to be mad at, if anything at all. They really did a solid job this week in getting you ready for next week's go-home show for TakeOver Portland. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got about that. So, with that being said, well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 166 of the Young Lions Perspective. Love, hate, NXT. And, of course, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast and as always i greatly and truly appreciate it if you have any thoughts opinions show ideas or if you just want to talk a bunch of shit and you want to hit me up with want to hit me up and let me know let your voice be heard ladies and gentlemen if you just want to say what's up to me 
or any of the members of the Wrestle Attic Radio Network familia, hit us up with a voice message, anchor.fm slash Radio. Leave a voice message, and if I like it enough, make sure you put either YLP or something Young Lions Perspective related so I know it's you. Um, if I like it enough, I will have no problem featuring you on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective podcast. Oh, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend or tell a friend about the Young Lions Perspective. Share this episode across all your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Share it to a friend on your text messaging, your, you know, send it to your friends in the DMs and your group chats, you know, Facebook Messenger, LinkedIn, Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, whatever you got, share it out there. Y'all know what's going to be coming. The good, the bad, and the ugly that was take over Portland on the 17th. Of course, AEW Revolution, the good, the bad, and the ugly on March 1st. Actually, March 2nd, I beg your pardon. Of course, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was Elimination Chamber. And in April, April 6th, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania weekend. I can't wait for that. It's WrestleMania season, y'all. And y'all want to stay tuned. Of course, keep on the lookout for those episodes for myself and the War Nation familia. Of course, Will, Ricky, King, my boy Fredsy, Nate. We are going to be giving it to you straight. Keeping wrestling real in 2020. It's WrestleMania season, y'all. And y'all know what time it is. And y'all want to make sure. For the Young Lions perspective and the Wrestle Addict Radio Network that we are the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's all right. Y'all not hurt my feelings on that. And everybody has their favorite streaming you know, thing for podcasts and all that good stuff. But we want to make sure you listen to not only my podcast, the Young Lions perspective, but of course, the Kings of the Rings podcast and the Game Changer Podcast, and I definitely wanted y'all to check out the one-night-only special, The Queen's Delight, of course. Definitely make sure you go check that out. Um, All episodes are already out for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. But you can find this episode and every other episode of the Kings of the Rings Podcast and the Game Changer Podcast across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Kings of the Ring Podcast. Across several different platforms, you should have no problem finding them whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast, anything like that, Follow me on Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite. I will be live tweeting tonight for SmackDown Live, and if SmackDown Live goes any bit left, it is going to be on like Donkey Kong come Monday. Swear for anything in my life. Letting y'all know that right now. But I will be live tweeting for SmackDown tonight. I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, and every NXT and NXT UK takeover special. And on the rare occasion that I'm up at 3 a.m. and I got nothing else better to do because I went to the bathroom and couldn't go back to bed, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. It's going to be, it's rare. You're going to be asleep with that. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And when it does, you're going to be like, dang, he called that shit. I'm telling you. Now, we'll, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. 
Just letting that be out there. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Of course, 60 second thought videos, the memes, they're going to be spicy since we are in WrestleMania season. Um, you know, of course, when I post, when I put out episodes of the podcast as well, follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And of course, if you want more exclusive access from yours truly, Kate Murphy, King Ricky Rosette, my homie Will, the man, Fred, the Fretzy man himself, and my boy Nick. Check us out over on Patreon. We are going to be doing some fun things over there for a very nice price. You can actually get exclusive access to other podcasts, specials, all that good stuff. Y'all know if y'all been listening to me long enough, y'all know I've been doing The Secret Files. And I've been doing, of course, the motherfucking Outside the Ropes podcast. So y'all know I'm going to be bringing that to the table. I'm just letting y'all know that. Um, <laughs> of course we'd be doing that, but that's like I said, if you want more exclusive access, if you want to be even more part, I mean, even more part of war nation, join the movement, follow us over on patreon.com search for wrestle addict radio. And like I said, for a very nice price, you can get exclusive access to every member of the wrestle addict radio familia. Looking at the judges to make sure I filled all my obligations. I'm getting a thumbs up. Okay. So. This coming Monday, y'all know what it is. It is the news of the weekend episode, episode 167 of the podcast. We're coming to you this Monday evening. Of course, we'll be discussing everything that's been going on with the news over the weekend. It's it's always some good things, and it kind of sucks that I can't just talk about it at, at a moment's notice, but I bring it all up, get it all together, get my thoughts right, and then we talk about it, discuss it on Monday. So like I said, this Monday evening, episode 167, news of the weekend can't wait to see you guys there make sure you come through and of course check out every episode of the kings of rings podcast and the game changer podcast as well show some love to them and make sure you let them know that the young lions perspective sent you and of course y'all know it is friday y'all know what i'm gonna be doing i'm gonna be at the crib watching smackdown live getting this live tweeting thing out thinking about what i'm gonna eat for din din more than likely gonna be steak it's gonna be fun but Y'all know, uh, I know some of y'all will be going out for the evening. Y'all probably be listening to this, uh, enjoying this episode and getting ready for your night out. Of course, like I always say, enjoy yourself, but do please, please enjoy yourself responsibly. If you know you're kind of feeling buzzed and you're kind of feeling a little, little, little tipsy, please do not hesitate to take that Uber or Lyft home. Save yourself the five figures of lawyer's fees and all that nonsense and having to wait until Monday to actually appear in front of a judge. Trust me when I tell you, they ain't going to let you see jack shit until Monday. Not saying I've been through it, but I know people that have, and it's, trust me, it's not the best thing to hear about one of your friends either getting into a car and accident because they were drunk driving or they were just acting foolish and did some dumb shit while they were drunk. Um, it's never the best thing, and, um, you know, we're adults here. It's 2020. Let's make sure we're responsible when we go out. Even my dog knows. Marley, you know it, right? Yeah. Yeah, responsible. Yes, And she says to herself, being responsible is the best thing in the world. Hi. Don't wink at me. Okay, she, well, she wants me to let y'all know to make sure you're responsible this evening. We are going to be responsible adults when we go out. And pretty much, like I said, take the Uber and Lyft home. And make sure you can come home to this wonderful, beautiful... Hi. Yes, I know. Yes, you're cute. We know. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of course, of course, your obligatory Marley moment of the show. Um, but yes, do not... But do be responsible. Enjoy yourself, but be responsible. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your night. 
Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm going to be chilling, doing some things, making sure I'm getting ready for episode 167 because I do it for y'all and I do it for the people. So until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Do some fun stuff. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast today. And I'll see you right back here Monday evening for episode 167 of the Young Lions Perspective. See you.